Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yes, everything's working. Don't don't turn it off again. What the hell was that? Oh, look at that. Freeze that one. Freeze that and use it tomorrow. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I'd love to know what prompted that look on his face. Oh, that's great. Make that the background for the top 40. <laughs> oh, gosh. There it is. Top 40 quarterback countdown. The new background. The very surprised Chris Sims look as he worked his way through technical difficulties yesterday. I'm just glad today. I don't want to jinx it. We only have a half hour left because the Royal Ascot's coming up at 8.30 a.m. Eastern here on NBCSN. I don't want to jinx it, but today, so far, so good. Technological issues resolved, Chris. We're all good so far. We are. And I don't know. There was a – we don't know what went on. We figured it out yesterday after the show. We got it all good now. And I got to give major props to the guy that – designs that graphic and has all these silly p- pictures ej ej gentile i mean every day what a jerk ej when i see you i'm gonna put you in a headlock and give you a noogie or something like that without a doubt you deserve it but very well done very creative all right it is the chris sims tom 40 quarterback countdown we have 40 through 15 already unveiled we are up to number 14, and this is a guy who only played in a game and a half last year, but he's still holding a spot in the top 15, and that is number 14, Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's the surprised Chris Sims picture again, and there is Ben Roethlisberger, healthy, recovered, and by all appearances ready to go in 2020 as he gets closer and closer to the age of 40, Chris. Look, I... My concern last year with Ben Roethlisberger was that the elbow was the first of what will potentially be many things that break down on a guy who has been hit a lot, who has never been a bastion of obsessive compulsive offseason workouts. 
and who just may not be able to physically do it as he gets closer to 40. Well, yeah, I, I hear you. That's It's worrisome. And, you know, compared to some of the other quarterbacks who have played in the 40s, he's taken much more of a physical physical beating than those guys. I mean, again, we can't forget Big Ben played a physical brand of football to begin with for the quarterback position. But then all those years of him kind of carrying that offense behind that crappy you know, offensive line, even in the Super Bowl against the Arizona Cardinals, it was one of the worst offensive lines in football. And there they were in the Super Bowl because Big Ben and his, his, you know, uh, his ability to create magic. But the bottom line with Big Ben is he's still one of the NFL elite pocket passers in the league. You know, Mike, yeah, there's not a lot to go from last year. I am going, okay, he's 38 years old. And from what I saw and who I've talked to uh, around the situation a little bit, I mean, one, the video we watched a few weeks ago of him throwing the football, I mean, he was throwing you know, lasers and missiles around the field. That wasn't like, oh, let me get my arm in shape and just throw it nice and easy. So that gave me the confidence. Like ultimately, I mean, full transparency, I thought I was going to put Big Ben maybe in the 16, 17 range until I saw that throwing session. And I went, oh, no, he looks good. He's, he's already throwing his fastball. I'm less concerned than what it's going to look like in August. But Mike, the one thing you could just come to with Big Ben, you know, degree of difficulty, high-level throws. He's still one of the best in the business at that. And for his age, I think the one surprising thing that jumped out to me, Mike, when I just went back and watched him again and I gather my thoughts is, man, does he move around the pocket still really well? Let alone he's fearless in the pocket when he's just standing there and his arm is still top-notch, top 10 in football, especially pushing the ball downfield. But you know, with his little Fred Flintstone steps and how he runs around the pocket and does all that, he still creates time for himself to avoid people and make big plays. And I think that's why I got him ahead of guys like Breeze and Brady and Rivers at this point. You know, his arm is bigger. He's more apt to make more big plays down the field more than anything. And then this is not a guy that's like careless, careless with the football like Philip Rivers either. And uh, that's why I got him a little ahead of some of those guys. Our colleague Rodney Harrison has always said that with Roethlisberger, because of his size and his ability to move, it is such a challenge to try to tackle him. And Bill Belichick yes. would coach them to tackle his arm, to pull his arm down, that that's the only way to get him onto the ground or to keep him from making that throw while you're trying to drag him to the ground. Tackle his arm, try to get the ball out. Easier said than done because he is so big. And even after the beating he's taken since entering the league in 2004, he still can do it. The real question, though, is will he yeah. be able to stay healthy? And as you said, he's throwing the ball well. James Conner, starting tailback for now. The Steelers said the ball was whistling when he was working out with him. But, but has he put in enough work to really build the foundation so he can get through a full football season? He gets closer to 40. And that reminds me of your conversation with him last year at training camp before the elbow became a problem. Listen to how Ben Roethlisberger prepares or doesn't prepare for a season and ask yourself whether the cumulative effect of that approach is going to keep him from getting to age 40 on an NFL gridiron. Here he is from last year with Chris. I'm always so impressed with your throwing, everything you do, and, you know, your mechanics. Like, off-season, do you have somebody you work with? Is this something you do yourself? No, I work with my son because I just throw the ball to him. Is that right? Yeah, and no, I've never, I've never had a 
don't I, no, I don't do that stuff. I just I really don't throw a lot in the off season. You I don't. just take a break and I'll throw at the guys, you know, every once in a while. But um, right. yeah, I don't do anything. I don't I don't have a coach. I just I just throw. Now, it's funny, I don't know whether he was trying to hide it or not, but that elbow was was packed in ice. You couldn't see much of it in that shot, but the elbow that ultimately went on him in week two against the Seahawks, he was having issues with it even in training camp. And, uh, you know, maybe that's what happens when you don't throw all offseason yeah. long and all of a sudden you get thrown into a routine where you're throwing the ball a lot. It, that, that's exactly it. I mean, you know, we've, I've, we've heard that happen to Brett Favre, you know, one year. I remember in Green Bay, he kind of had that issue. You know, it's the beauty of Big Ben. Now, maybe that's why he's not always as precise and accurate in the machine of like Drew Brees or Tom Brady and some of those like shorter precision type throws. Maybe it's because he doesn't throw the ball as much. But man, he very rarely loses control of the football. Just got such an aggressive frame of mind throwing the football, too. I mean, how many times you just watching highlights or anything else? I mean, how many times you see Big Ben in the pocket pumping this way and pumping this way? And oh, there's somebody 40 yards downfield, bam, right on the money. But uh, it's the beauty of Big Ben, Mike. Yeah, he's kind of been one of those guys that just, hey, let me go out and play. I'm talented. I'm the man. I'm big, like you said. You know, his size is a skill. That's a real thing. And his ability to throw with people all around him in the trash, you know, cockeyed feet, sidearm, whatever it may be, it's, it's special. It's second to none. But you do need to get your arm in shape in the offseason. That's very real. And the day I was there, Mike, he couldn't – he threw very little – really just warmed up. And, of course, I do think that was, you know, the problem that led to the torn tendon in the second week of the season. But, yeah, you want to throw in the offseason just as you know, just to keep things tight, keep them moving, keep everything in shape to a degree. You don't have to overdo it. Uh, but he certainly, I, I hope, learned from that and is doing a little bit more this offseason than, than maybe he normally would. He's not the type of guy, Mike, that I don't think is going to last till he's 43 years old. I don't see that. I see it, you know – two, three more years for Big Ben. I think when we get to 40 for Big Ben, because of the cumulative effect of the career and the fact that he's not Tom Brady and eating avocado ice cream all the time and probably does have a big sandwich with a beer every now and then, it might cut a year or two off his career. 16 seasons in the NFL, 2004 through 2019. 2018, 2014, 2013, 2008. Four times. Four times in 16 seasons has he played in 16 regular season games. We take it for granted with a lot of quarterbacks. They play. They always play. They don't get injured. It's the exception to have a guy who is constantly missing. Now, he's not missing extended time, but it's a game or two a year. And that game or two can make the difference between yeah. one seed and three seed, two seed and five seed, six seed and no seed. So, you know, when... I remember your guiding principle for putting this list together. If I'm a coach who's on the hot seat, who do I want to save my butt this year? I am more nervous than maybe you would be about Big Ben. Now, look, it may be yeah. a roll of the dice that pans out very well for the Steelers, but given what happened last year, given his advancing age, given his history of not putting in a lot of work to get the most out of his body, and given the history of him missing time, 12 out of 16 seasons missing games, I 14 may be higher than I would have put him. Okay, that's fine. I mean, those are fair points. I get it. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a real, yeah, there's, there's some of that in his history, certainly. I mean, 
again, it's the brand of style of which he plays. It's the brand of style which Pittsburgh kind of, you know, accentuated out of him and expected him and wanted him to do, wanted him to make big plays down the field to some of the receivers he's had, which has led him to want to hold the ball. But I still think at this point of his career, and yeah, going back a little to 2018, and of course, you know, just a little of what you see last year, I think this is still a guy that has big-time playmaking ability. It's just two years ago, it's 34 touchdowns and 16 interceptions, and one of the most dangerous passers in the game that year. And, you know, yes, could there, is there a chance he might miss a game or two this year? Certainly. I don't think it's going to be, you know, I'm not expecting anything long-term. We haven't seen that. And I think the other thing that gives me confidence, Mike, is, you know, again, the offensive line's pretty good. He didn't get hurt last year from getting, like, beat up or hit that way. It was kind of his own doing, as we've kind of explained here. I don't think his arm and everything was in tip-top shape going into training camp, and it kind of, you know, uh, what do I want to say, just lost control of the situation. Uh, but, man, Mike, just the one thing, smart, experienced, big-time thrower, able to hold the ball and be fearless forever to make big plays and big throws. But yes, the style in which he plays, he, he steps towards the edge a little bit. There's no doubt about that, but that's how they expect him to play and how they expect to win games in Pittsburgh too. They don't have a running game and everything depends on always. This, this is a team that almost made it to the playoffs last year without Ben for most of the season. And you get him back healthy. All of a sudden those receivers that struggled last year won't be struggling. All of a sudden, those running backs that struggled last year won't be struggling because there'll be a passing game to push the safeties away from the box and make it easier no for their tailbacks to run. So uh, reason for hope this year in Pittsburgh, if Roethlisberger can hold it together and have his fifth season in which he plays all 16 regular season games. All right, coming up, lucky number 13 in the Chris Sims Top 40 quarterback countdown. I wonder who it may be. Who gets the number 13? We'll find out very soon right here on Pro Football Talk Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kirk Cousins, he has pushed himself to a higher level, and I think it's going to continue into 2020. Oh, baby. I can't believe I just saw you pick Kirk Cousins. I mean, the love-hate continues. I love him. He's your guy. Follow him. I love him not. Kirk Cousins is kind of a dork. I love him. I don't think the gap right now 
between Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes is as broad as people would think it is. I love him not. Shanahan says you've got the right quarterback there. Not everybody can see that. You know, he's right about that. But, oh, yes. <laughs> Kirk yes. Cousins, welcome back. Oh, uh, good to see you. Yes. Have a seat. Up, Grab a microphone. And let's, let's just rag on Florio or this whole he's segment. He's been looking okay? for this from the moment that they said he'll be joining us. He will not let me hear the end. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to get him all fired up. He's going to beat you up before he leaves. Kirk, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. Kirk Cousins, oh, number three. 13 on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown. I have been conflicted ever since I realized that he's number 13. On one hand, I I I think I think he should be higher. On the other hand, I think he should be lower. And thus, <laughs> thus the conflict that I deal with all the time when it comes to Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota I Vikings. I love Chris. him. I love him not. Yes, sir. Kirk Cousins. That's right. Number 13. Kirk Cousins, when you're talking about like one of the quickest decision makers in football, a guy that just absolutely will let the ball rip, Mike, and is really consistent and accurate on what I would call, I don't want to say high-level throws, but like anywhere from you know mid-level to high-level throws, and he's consistent and as accurate as can be. Mike, you were kind of having fun with this during the commercial break. Oh, I could tell you what routes we're going to see when Kirk Cousins throws the ball. Well, He's not designing the plays and calling the offense. You know, yeah, he's running an offense that, you know, as far as creativity is concerned, is like second grade math next to Sean Payton or Josh McDaniels or Kyle Shanahan. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to anybody. It's just a style of play in which the Vikings, you know, choose to, to play offensively, defensively, complement themselves, run the ball. But, you know, you watch Kirk Cousins and break him down. It's, it's go routes. It's post routes. It's deep crosses. It's crosses on the run with him throwing the football that way. There's not a lot of easy completions, you know, not a lot of quarterback friendly completions. Mike, we made fun of that Seattle game in that fourth or third or fourth down midway through the year for the play call. But you see here, he's got a, he's a great deep ball thrower. Go ahead, Mike. Beautiful, beautiful touch. Your favorite quarterback. No, yes. no, listen, listen. I mean, but, but this pack of plays, it's I love him, I love him not. It's three good plays and it's three bad plays. And that's a beautiful throw to Adam Thielen against the Giants. It's beautiful. And here's another. Yes. Look, rolling left. We see this all the time. And what? boom. Yeah. Yes. Laser to Stephon Diggs for the touchdown. And that, that huge comeback against the Broncos. No, no doubt. You know, that's the one thing you start to look at it more and more for a guy who had, you know, 26 touchdowns and six interceptions. It wasn't like he was getting touchdown passes on screen passes and things like that, too. These are high-level, high-degree-of-difficulty throws. Are you kidding me? Running to your left, setting up, throwing the ball backside, both times into you know pretty tight coverage. So the throws they ask him to make uh, are not easy, and he delivers a lot, and he's a good decision-maker for the most part. Now you get into the negatives, and Mike, you've been all over this from the get-go. This is his letdown. You know, off-schedule plays, nothing's there. Can he make something happen? And I know that drives you crazy, and I would say you're real in that. That's probably his weakest part of his game. Yeah, he does not have the ability that other quarterbacks have to take the play that's designed when that play falls apart and turn it into something out of nothing. If the play that's designed doesn't work, that's it. And sometimes the play that's designed, he still goes through with it, and he just flat out misses the guy. But he, it, it, there, there is a lot of good. 
but there are some yep. things that that I don't know. Look at that that decision making process. That they could have won that game at Green yeah. Bay week two. What right. what are you thinking? What are you thinking with that throw? It's not there. Yeah, don't that, throw it. No, it's just it's over aggressive there. I mean that that's what that is there. And and you know it's one of the great things about him, his ability to read and recognize a defense and pull the trigger is special. But you know, hey Mike, just look at what we've done the last two days. That's the class of quarterbacks we're in here. We're in quarterbacks who can, you know, really throw, make smart decisions, certainly can win football games. But 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, they're guys that are not making a ton of plays off schedule. That, that's where we are in this quarterback countdown. Now, we're going to start jumping into guys here starting tomorrow where you're going to go, hey, they, they, you, could, you could just draw a play in the sand and these quarterbacks will start making plays. But, yeah, that's why Kirk Cousins, to me, you know, just outside the top 12, Mike, for a lot of the reasons that you've seen, doesn't throw the ball great off of different platforms, not necessarily great when the pocket does collapse. You know, he's got a little bit of an elongated motion, but still with what he's asked to do, you know, the ability to throw the ball on the run. And honestly, this is what I want to like, like I was saying to Derek Carr, Hey, let it rip, let it go. Kirk Cousins. I want to say, Hey, you're a better athlete than you give yourself credit for Learn how to hop around the pocket and avoid people and still make throws down the field. He can do that. You see enough in the game, and I see plays here and there to go, it's there. It's just I don't know if he has the confidence or want to to do it. But the one thing that just came back more and more, Mike, as hey, I watched him. And but, still, but, but, yeah, but, go let, ahead. Sorry, let, big guy. Let's, sorry. let's elaborate on this point. Let's elaborate yeah. on this point because yeah. I think that we're touching on something that I think the average fan needs to understand. The elite quarterbacks in today's NFL have all the tools. They make all the throws. They run the play that's designed. And when it all falls apart, they right. have a knack for turning chicken crap into chicken salad. These guys like Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, they got to run the play that's called. And if it's not there, get rid of it if you can. Live to fight another day. The Patrick Mahomes is who surprisingly has yet to be unveiled on, on the list. These are the <laughs> players in today's NFL who can find a way to when, when the play that you've called breaks down, they can make that second play on the fly and cousins right. just can't, he can't. And Chris, that's my question for you. You say he's yeah. capable. I don't know. He's in his thirties at this point. I don't think that all of a sudden, you become a guy who, when he's out in the fray, when the play that's called breaks down, he can improvise because if he had that skill, we'd have seen it by now. Well, you, you need somebody to push him. That's where a coach needs to be in there and go, hey, man, I mean, I watch you do these drills in the offseason, all these things. Like, you're capable. And not that, like, again, we're going to expect to see, like, Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes. But you, it is at this point of his career, yes, I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, hey, we saw Tom Brady at like the age of 38 start to make a more concerted effort to run the ball when like the Red Sea parted and do things like that. So not that I want him to reinvent the wheel, but I'm just talking about three, four plays a game where I just want to go, oh, man, don't just tuck the ball away and take the sack or don't just throw the ball away, Kirk. You know, hop around, make a guy miss and see if you can you know, still find a way to make a big completion. And I know it's, it is tough. It, he can't. It, it we'll doesn't. Here's the thing. It's, it's, it's a very simple formula in Minnesota. If the running game is there, that's when the play-action passes open up. That's when he can do the bootlegs without having a defensive end in his face like Nick sure. Bosa was in Santa Clara back in January. If the running right. game's working, 
all those assets are focused on the running back, so the play action is so effective. We've talked about how often he throws out a play action. He's out play action on a very significant percentage of the time, and the bootlegs work when the running games work. You take that away, and he's just doing a straight drop. The moment that the pocket begins to collapse, he's just done. It just right. he just he just he, and and it's smarter for him to just fall down than to try to do something because we showed that play from the Bears game. What happens when he tries to do something? The ball ends up out. So you know, part part of any endeavor is to understand what the limits of your abilities are and to stay within those boundaries. And that's what I think they're doing with Kirk Cousins. They don't want him to try to do these things that would be the second play, the play that is backyard football, make it up as you go, because they've seen time and again that it doesn't work. Yeah, well, it's not his MO. There's no doubt. I mean, I'm not going to argue that. I'm just talking I want to see a little bit more, right, Mike? Just a little. I understand your, your points are very real. That'll be a very hard adjustment. I just think he's got a little more in him there to extend a play every now and then here and there. But you're right about the formula of their offense. And also, i just like to point out, it's not easy to play quarterback in that type of offense. So always have to rely on the run game. You know, hey, we just showed that graphic. The stats between play action and drop back pass, yeah. You know, you could see there's a big difference of how much more successful they are in play action pass. Well, you know, again... You know, this is an offense that doesn't lend itself to a lot of easy drop back passing game type throws. You know, if he was with some other creative offensive coordinators that were really honed in on the drop back pass game, I think you'd see better stats and results from Kirk Cousins. There's a reason Kyle Shanahan loved Kirk Cousins. There's a reason Sean McVay loved Kirk Cousins because they went, man, man, if I can get a guy open and I just tell Kirk what to do, he'll execute my offense and he'll put the ball on the money all the time. That's where Here's he's really question. strong. But you're right. Here's the real the question questions you bring up are real. Yeah. And I think we talked to him about this at the Super Bowl. I can't remember. We had so many guys in that week. The idea of the throw that he made to Adam Thielen before the game-winning touchdown in New Orleans, right. the, the throw over the top that set up the touchdown, is that is that like the thing that that breaks the dam for Kirk Cousins between that and removing Stephon Diggs from the mix, because look, even though we both love Stephon Diggs, there, there was not everything right between Diggs and Cousins. I think there was something between Diggs and Cousins. Seems but, like but it. Is does this moment, and you're watching this now, this throw to Adam Thielen, does this unlock a new level of performance for Kirk Cousins from a confidence standpoint in 2020? I think so. You know, I guess I would say like the proverbial, you know, monkey is monkey is off his back a little bit, right? Like we've seen Steve Young and Super Bowl, you know, what was that? Uh, 29. 29 or whatever. 29. Yeah. You know, get the monkey off my back. I do think that was one of these moments. And then you could see, you know, this is another element he brings to his team. He's loved by his teammates. That was like legitimate love affair with their quarterback, their leader. So there is something to that. And I think, Mike, to your point, yes, it's going to give them confidence and gives the whole team confidence, I think, to go, hey, wait, Kirk Cousins is not our issue. We can get to the playoffs and we can win games with him as the quarterback. They need to help him out a little bit, too. Royal Ascot. Royal Ascot is next. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of PFT Live. Keep watching the horse racing. We'll see you on Wednesday, everybody. Have a great day. Will you stop? Will you stop? You love him. See ya. (laughs) 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.